You're listening to All Things Video, a podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Shareability, a social content company that makes videos people actually want to watch. They work with brands and influencers to create content that explodes across the web through social sharing and organic discovery. For years, Shareability has been topping the charts with crowd-captivating videos for brands like Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Sony Entertainment, and Cristiano Ronaldo's Rock, delivering over a billion views, 5 million shares, and 50,000 press mentions. Check out some examples of their work on shareability.com. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Justin Lefkovich, founder and CEO of Mirrored Media. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, so much for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm glad we get to do this. I want to dive right in. Let's talk about how you got your start in marketing. Yeah, it's a, a funny story, kind of random. I When I was in college, I went to Pepperdine here in, uh, in Malibu, and I, by chance, met this guy, Ray Kennedy, a singer-songwriter. He wrote for, you know, Beach Boys and Zeppelin and a bunch of others. Uh, really just an incredible guy. He wrote, I mean, his big claim to fame is like Sail on Sailor for the Beach Boys. Kind of down and out, needed some help. Uh, I knew nothing about the music industry. And I wound up stepping in as kind of his day-to-day manager. Really started simple at first of, you know, paying bills and making sure he was alive. And eventually it excelled into, you know, doing pop-up concerts for charity and uh, writing a TV show with Kelsey Grammer and a bunch of really random things. But through that, I got a really interesting look at the music industry and especially kind of the relationship between artists and brands. So looking at what was happening at that time, and again, this is right before a massive paradigm shift in the music industry, but looking at kind of how artists related with with brands and really a very strong disconnect within the actual communication. So you had artists that were really concentrating on their album cycles and on their sales and on their tours, they should. And you had brands concentrating on their KPIs and their, you know, cycles and all that, which they they weren't having the same conversation. And each side was only worried about their own sales and their own, you know, image. And you had brands wanting to pay artists to get to their demographic, but at the same time, then telling them what to say and how to do it. So it was, hey, I really want your demo because you know how to speak to your demo really well, but I'm gonna tell you what to say. And it just doesn't make sense. So that's really, I saw a massive opportunity in the space where other industries like movie and TV and product placement and all these other things existed, even in sports marketing, really didn't in the music industry. And that's kind of where it all started from. And now it evolved, you know, as the industries evolved and you now know, you know, quote unquote, talent isn't just artists anymore. It's now, you know, in our eyes, also influencers. So, you know, a couple of years, six years ago, you know, the world, the word influencer really became a thing. So, you know, we specialize in music entertainment and that was really everything between movies, TV, uh, music and influencers. So we've been lucky enough to be working alongside full screen and awesomeness and YouTube and some of the, you know, the largest MCNs and, and industry players you know out there in the influencer world so it's been really exciting and to watch kind of our model evolve from just music and film to kind of influencer marketing and now kind of watch that 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 grow all together and you know a lot of projects we've worked on get to really involve everything so we'll do music alongside influencer alongside branded activation and it's it's really exciting to see kind of how that works. Do you think that your focus on the music and entertainment space is just a function of the fact that you grew up in LA, you happen to build some of these relationships, or as you've said, all of that's converging, right? The, the spaces are becoming, you know, 
increasingly concentric and that the lines are blurring between what is a music artist, what is a, a TV star, what is an influencer on social media? Yeah, I think, well, I think the lines between what is an influencer and what is a celebrity are all blending by the daily. I think we're seeing that a lot where you have movie stars want to become influencers, influencers want to become movie stars. And we've always seen that in the music world of musicians wanting to be actors or sports athletes and athletes wanting to be, you know, musicians. And you always saw that. And now I think it's with the world of influencer marketing. I think you're seeing that even more now of this, you know, cross population. But no, I think, I, I think there is very, you have amazing, amazing talent that are now also learning the power of their social media. And again, I think musicians were always ahead of the curve anyways, because they're always, they're, they're, they're all about promotion of themselves, you know, for the best. And I think they, they know how to re, you know, reach their target demographic. They know how to talk about themselves. I mean, look at what DJ Khaled has done as an artist. I mean, he's birthed out of social media. It's really incredible. If you look at his following and his, you know, his narrative that he's able to create with fans and he has this really intimate relationship with his fans over social media, I think it's really fascinating. So I think uh, there are some artists who do it better than others, but I think for us, the exciting thing is when we get to look at an artist, uh, for instance, when we worked with BB Rexa back when she was first starting, like me, myself and I just had come out and we had identified it that, you know, BB was going to take off and we were working with Sci-Fi on a new TV show called The Magicians. And Sci-Fi had a, a challenge of how do we reach our target demographic, which is for this TV show, millennials. They want to college age millennials. And that was a hard market to hit. And so like, how do we make a big impact here? So we suggested doing a tour. It was just a really organic relationship with an artist who we suggested would be BB Rexa and five different social media influencers to help kind of create this organic narrative. And it worked amazingly well. We synced a track with BB that actually went on the trailer. So then all of a sudden you had Billboard and Rolling Stone and all these traditional media press talking about this trailer for a TV show that otherwise they wouldn't have been talking about before. BB was posting about it. And as you know, right when that G-Eazy song came out, her social media numbers started to skyrocket. And then we teamed up with five major social media influencers in a partnership with Fullscreen and then put on this tour where in each market, BB played. We did a Hollywood style premiere uh, and actually showed the first two episodes of the show. And then each city was hosted by a different social media influencer. So you have this really interesting blend of, in each campus, people that are there because of the influencer, people there because of they just wanted to come to a really cool premiere event on their campus, and people there because they knew BB's song and wanted to get to see BB live. And so it created this really interesting population of people that were an interesting melting pot they sold out instantly. And for sci-fi, it was one of the biggest premieres of any new TV show and in history, especially one that, you know, mainly targeted millennials. So it was a huge case study for them. It was a huge success. It won a bunch of awards. And for us, it was very exciting because we got to blend all of our favorite loves together into one and create a really exciting product. Yeah, that's a testament to the power of combining music, a music artist with a TV property with the influencers, creating a live event series and making sure it's successful. Yeah. But I guess maybe to go back to kind of the origin story of Mirrored Media, right? You're doing essentially traditional music artist management and you, you could have very easily just gone that path, right? Gone to work in Hollywood, gone to work I mean, in we, music we don't do business. No, 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 sure. Yeah. But, but you individually, right? You're putting you yes. in time that you're a Pepperdine. You could have gone down this path, but instead, you kind of get struck with inspiration and you take the leap and say, I'm going to launch my own agency. So put us in your shoes. Like at that time, why did you make that decision? What, what was the motivation? You know, I've always been a creative person. So my past life, I was actually a professional magician. Uh, I was one of the top touring professional magicians in the world. Uh, and was, how did you get into magic? 
Uh, I always just was able to do it. Magic was just my thing. I joined the Magic Castle as a performing member at 13 years old and was part of the Academy of Magical Arts and the Magic Castle from 13 onwards. Wow. I'm still a performing member. And uh, so I think I always was really fascinated with this idea of suspending disbelief, this idea that you can hold captive this audience and really change their perception of reality for a second. Let them escape whatever's going on in their world, create this really fun picture for them, and let them believe in something for a second. And I think that was always exciting, and I took that same concept into what I'm doing now, and we're doing the same thing. Instead of, you know, magic tricks, it's experiences. And we're, it's the same idea that, you know, we want a guest to come to one of our experiences and be transcendent. We want them to be, you know, they, they, they travel to this other dimension of whatever it is. And I think it's really, uh, it's really important and really powerful. And I think that's what we, when we look at our projects and we look at everything, we look at the magic behind them. Because I think you look at the difference between a really cheesy, like, birthday magician and a world-class magician, it's not that crazy of a difference. I mean, it's really not. You're, you're looking at the details. And I think that's really what we look at here as well as the difference between a really poor event and a experience, it's all in the details. And that's really what we concentrate on is creating that magic and getting to change the perception of whatever it is for an audience. So whether it's, you know, looking at BMW in a different way that you've never looked at before or thinking about going and watching a TV show that maybe you wouldn't have before, whatever that is, we're all about creating something that you want to share to your friends. It's something that you're going to feel like an influencer. You're going to feel influential amongst your demographic by knowing about it. You want to create something buzzworthy and share worthy. And really, for me, again, it's something that I want to go home and brag to my girlfriend about and tell my friends about, it. hey, look how cool this thing is. So I think when I first had the idea in college, you know, I, I wrote a business plan. I went to the finals of a business plan competition and I realized there was a financial model there. I met uh, Steve Kofsky and Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer being the you know, world-renowned uh, film composer. And uh, Steve has always believed in me. He's been a amazing mentor of mine forever. And how did you meet these two? Was it through the pitch competition? Or no, I was, met Steve yeah. at Temple. Our rabbi introduced cool. us, uh, which was awesome. And Steve is Hans's business partner. And so Steve brought me here onto campus and was like, hey, let's sit down with Hans and let's talk through it all. I told Steve everything. Steve liked my passion, liked my vision, and told me whenever my time was ready, he would... Uh, have me. So I, I actually left school, became uh, a director of marketing at a medical firm, uh, saved every penny I'd ever had for a year. I lived with my parents. I was making insane money and I was living with my parents to save all my money. On my year anniversary, I quit and uh, moved to Santa Monica, took over a small, tiny little closet in Hansa studio here. And the rest is history. That's incredible. So Good for you. <laughs> Amazing. And so you have this idea. You meet these uh, great mentors and influential partners. What was the hardest part about becoming a first-time founder? Oh, man, there's a lot of hardest parts. Uh, every day is the new hardest part. And I think that's what's fascinating and interesting about entrepreneurship is that, you know, there's always a, there's always a new problem. But that's what's exciting. I think I always, you know, envision that, okay, I'm going to get past this plateau. And as soon as I'm at this level everything's going to be easy. And as soon as you hit that level, there's a whole nother slew of issues you never even knew existed. I think as a first-time business owner, understanding payment structures. So 
we got really lucky. I mean, I had really amazing clients from the beginning. Viacom and MTV were my first clients. Uh, Acura, we did a massive uh, project for Acura and the ILX, which was a partnership with Metrics. We released, we helped release Metrics album Synthetica alongside the Acura ILX, which was the first entry-level vehicle. Huge, massive case study, really the first of its kind promotion like it. But understanding that what that payment structure looks like and how cash flow works, I think is something that I really didn't know. I mean, you don't know until you're in it. And so understanding how to bridge bridge the gaps and payments that just because you have a contract says you're going to get paid at a certain time doesn't mean things are going to happen that way. You know, really learning how to float money. So money out and money in is kind of balanced. Um, I think that was a lot of lessons learned. And look at it as a brand new company, I think there is that balance. You're going to work with people that are more risk averse, or excuse me, that are, are more risk takers. And in doing so, they are going to have a bit more risky money. So I think it's a two-way street as a new company or you're pitching something that's never really been done like you're pitching it. So you're going to get people that are willing to take the risk, but at the same time, you too are kind of taking that risk. So I think that was all a very interesting thing. Obviously, you know, just growing your network and finding the right people and, and the right structure. And for me, a huge thing was culture. So I think Mirrored Media here, we have a very uh, fun and unique culture. Um, we're a family, we truly are, and it's not for everyone. It's, we work a lot in a very high stress environment, but we have a lot of fun. And uh, I think finding the right team and family that kind of makes this place float is really important. When you approach a brand and you talk about running experiential marketing campaigns, how do you convince them that that's the right strategy or how do you develop the strategy alongside them? Yeah, I think in years past, it was first education of what is experiential marketing. Now, luckily, experiential marketing has become a bit of a buzzword. Uh, lucky and unlucky in the sense of everyone and their mother thinks they do experiential marketing now. But um, it's awesome. I really love that we were one of the you know teams that really helped bring experiential marketing into what it is today. And that it is, it is a, a big buzzword and you have you know, major, major, major brands, all of them really taking, you know, budget out of traditional marketing and into experiential. So that's really exciting. For us, as far as the actual campaigns, it's really building it with them. Some of our clients come to us to know what they want. So we'll give them options for exactly what they want and then suggestions of, hey, here's some creative ideas that we think could either, you know, supplement or, you know, augment their ideas. Other times people come to us and say, hey, here's our target market, here's our KPI, go. And I think both are really exciting. Obviously, we love creating full, massive campaigns that have multiple touch points and multi-year strategy. Those are really exciting for us. But at the same time, we love doing product launches or uh, even just one-off big, massive events that you know are, are trying to tell a story or you know uh, have some sort of you know uh, engagement with fans. So really, for us, it's starting with the basics. Who are they trying to reach? What is their messaging? What are they trying to, you know, what's their ultimate KPI? Is it social shares? Is it press? Is it media? Is it just market awareness? Whatever it is. And then we all, our creative team here, will sit down and throw a bunch of ideas against the wall, figure out which ones are actually physically possible, and then figure out what that narrative is to the client. And I think uh, we're a boutique agency, so we have the benefit of picking the clients that we want to work with. Um, we say no a lot more than we say yes. And uh, we pick the people that have a shared vision that we have, which is wanting to do something that pushes the needle, that is new, that is unique, and that, you know, press will get excited about and fans will get excited about. And, you know, again, we don't just do 
anything we do things that you know and we do it with the right people that we believe really kind of want to push the needle and so i think that's very exciting so you know i I think we're very lucky with the clients we've had and the clients we continue to have we have a very high retention rate and so we, we get to work with friends and i think that's very exciting it seems to me that you're increasingly marrying the online and offline components of a brand's identity right so you're bringing kind of an irl fan experience or brand experience to life. What does that look like? You, you often do that around temples, right? You're leaving for Sundance soon. You guys do a lot around Coachella, some of these big mega festivals and other kind of tentpole events throughout the year. How do you create a brand experience within the auspices of, of another large ongoing event? Yeah, and I think look at, in this day and age, you're not doing anything offline that doesn't have an online component. Whether you, it's whether you're controlling that messaging or not is the big, you know, is, is the big conversation. So for us, we try to build in some sort of online component in all of our campaigns, whether it be an actual influencer marketing strategy or it's just what kind of, you know, community management, social media management are we going to, you know, have alongside or really is it just a sponsored hashtag or a filter or something like that. So I think you always need to understand the social component of it. So for Road to Coachella, for example, our big Coachella thing with BMW, that has evolved over the last three years looking at it, you know, this is our third year at Coachella looking at what BMW wanted, what their kind of ideals were, what, what messaging we wanted, and, and really what was authentic and organic to the Coachella audience. Because Coachella audience is a hard one, they're not easy. And so for us, it was doing something on site, doing something that made sense, but a big social media push and kind of a influencer marketing strategy that was able to tell this narrative of why why BMWi wants to be a part of Coachella and why it makes sense on both elements. You know, BMWi is all about sustainability, all about moving technology forward. And I think Coachella and BMWi have a lot of shared values and we're able to tell a really great story through that. And we working with social media creators and influencers were really, you know, was the way to do it. Very cool. Uh, what's coming next in the field of experiential marketing? What does the future hold? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's awesome. As more and more brands and money come into the uh, into the industry, I think we're getting to see the needle, you know, getting to be pushed over and over and over again. Whether it be massive, crazy, immersive buildouts at like South by Southwest and Comic Con, and you know, are these massive temples to huge one-offs that are just brand you know brand one brand alone taking over a piece of la and doing something crazy i think you see vidcon and you know all the all the people that we work heavily with like vidcon and rtx and all these great tentpole events where before you had pretty simple booths and now you know experiential teams are coming in and getting to build out these booth spaces into some really awe-inspiring things whether they be standalone or you know part of a, a bigger festival and i think it's really exciting to see even just VidCon alone, you know, we've been part of VidCon for the last like six years and getting to see, you know, the outside area with awesomeness, you know, building into something that is its own experience within VidCon to, you know, in creator lounges and everything else that are just getting so exciting and it really immersive for the audience and for the creators and industry, you know, alike. So I think it's, it's going to be really fun to see how technology continues to play into it. Everything from holograms to AR, VR, I think it's 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 going to be really a very interesting blend of technology meets live events meets digital media, all blending together into a truly immersive experience for fans. And ultimately, I think that's why we're all in. That's why that that's why it's such a great pull for brands. And I think that's why they're interested in what is happening. Is 
It is a one-on-one -on -one emotional connection with a fan, and there's nothing really like it. And, and that's true not just of these kind of influencer creator events, but it also seems to be the case for live music, right? I mean, the music industry falls off a cliff with uh, the rise of online piracy. It has this resurgence of live touring, right? And so artists are, are seeking other forms of monetization and better direct-to-fan monetization, which is often coming through merch and often coming from live event sales. So are you seeing those same dynamics? Are you guys participating in that or involved in how 100%. that's transforming music? Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on exactly with, you know, you saw a dip in music and now you're seeing a big resurgence and, you know, you have great platforms like Spotify and Pandora and others that are getting to do their own experiences with artists, then you're getting to see the labels now coming back with, you know, with money and getting to do their own experiences around temples and then the artists themselves. We work a lot with Artists Direct, you know, with Cascade, where Cascade wanted to do a massive pop-up shop in LA where he got to have a hand-in-hand a, a -hand relationship with his fans. He really wanted to get in and meet his fans. And, you know, he's playing one of the largest shows in LA history at LA Convention Center. And he wanted to have a more intimate experience with them. So we did a pop-up shop leading up to the concert where Cascade was in-store DJing and shelving the clothes and selling clothes. And it was a really, really cool experience with fans. You know, we've done big launch events for like Kendrick when Kendrick released Damn. We helped him uh, do a huge signing in Compton with Best Buy. We've done, you know, Lily Yachty, the same thing in Atlanta. So we love getting to work with artists to kind of create a experience where they get to have this moment with fans in a more intimate fashion where they get to sell CDs, sell merch. And again, it feels like an experience Like I love. Like we did this thing for Green Day in Oakland where we took over a record shop that they used to go to and turned it into this massive pop-up hometown hero event for them. And I think those are really special moments for fans because it's something they'll always remember and it's something they share and they want to buying a lot of merch. So I think that's been really exciting on the music side. I think the label direct stuff has been really exciting. We work hand in hand with those guys. Uh, because we want to support the talent. I think it's where it comes down to is so much of my team comes from the music industry and we get it. Uh, so whether it be our relationship with the artists direct or management or their agents or the label, we try to stay on top of trends and who's coming up next and who we think is the, the next big hero. And whether it be of the small indie act, which thinks amazing or the next, you know, BB Rexa, whatever it may be, I think it's staying on top of that and being able to then pass that on to our brands and have them get to help support. For me, everyone wants money and money's awesome. And we're, we wanna make sure artists get paid. But I think for us, it's also figuring out what that mutual symbiosis looks like. What what to, what they want. So for Metric, for example, when we did the Acura campaign, they wanted money for sure. But it was, what else? They have, they have you know, they wanna do one of the biggest tours ever. They wanna have technology infused in their show, 3D projection mapping, sound reactive instruments, interesting things that Acura was able to then provide and make as a part of the overall storytelling experience. So I think that's what we're all about is how do we create this very unique relationship where it doesn't seem like a someone's winning, someone's losing. It doesn't seem like a campaign. It doesn't seem like something that fans are having to stomach through to see their artists. For us, a fan shouldn't even know it's there. It's more of just enhancing the experience and letting them get something that they wouldn't have before. It's fascinating to think about how much digital media is transforming these industries. It reminds me of, you know, the the power that Amazon now has. I mean, they've they've now acquired all these publishing imprints. They're essentially minting new authors, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like, you know, now Spotify, Apple Music have the ability to break artists without needing a label. So are we going to see more disintermediation of the traditional music industry and infrastructure 
as artists can kind of go more direct to fans through these massive skilled platforms? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think so. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for artists right now, like there has been for a while. I think, you know, we worked with TuneCore really intimately for a long time, and they service millions of artists. And I think if you're an indie artist, you have so many opportunities right now that it, it's really incredible. Between, you know, distribution and label services you can get now from a bunch of different places. So you have options. You don't have to sign to a major. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. But uh, I think more options are the better for the music side. And I think that uh, it's an exciting time to be an artist right now. What we once saw was... What we once saw as challenges in the music industry is now, you know, opportunity. And I think that's really exciting that you're, you flipped the traditional timeline of being an artist where you record and you get discovered and then you have to try to figure out how to promote. And now it starts with promotion where, you know, it starts on social media, it starts on SoundCloud, it starts on all these different opportunities. And, you know, you'd be like Soldier Boy where you have this massive hit and then you go backwards and, and, uh, and actually become an artist. So it, it's interesting. It, it's a really interesting time. And I think it's, it's an exciting time to watch to see what happens. For sure. One of the questions I love to ask entrepreneurs on the show is, you know, I think you have to be a bit contrarian to be an entrepreneur in some sense. So uh, what is something that you believe that maybe the rest of the industry thinks is totally crazy? I can't, nothing, yeah, no worries. Nothing comes well, to if, if something comes to mind, let me yeah. know. The one I talk about a lot is uh, you know, we do a lot in influence marketing. And there was a trend a few years ago to try and make that very programmatic, right? To disintermediate the agents and uh, you know some of these, the lawyers, the managers from helping facilitate these big deals and treating these influencers more like ad inventory, which to me never really felt like the right move. Sure, it yeah. works for micro influencers, but you're only getting the vanity metrics. If you really want to drive an experience and change awareness, whatever the brand's kind of end goals are, you need to have a true partnership and a creative kind of facilitation with the- 100%, I think, look, that's that's what we do in this sense. Like we are a middleman in that we are a creative agency that is designed to help, you know, mirror two different brands, whether it be an artist, a talent, a normal brand, whatever it is. Um, Is that where the name comes from? uh, It is actually. Cool. Um, But yeah, that's, you know, for me, I think you need that creative element. It, having so-and-so post a photo on their Instagram in a static, you know, air chamber makes no sense. If there's no creative, there's no narrative, um, and if it's not organic to that audience and it's just a canned message, it's going to go unseen. And especially right now, you know, you have, what, a second as people are scrolling through their Instagram to try to capture attention. So I think it's a waste of money. What's the future hold for Mirrored? You know, we... Just keep growing. Uh, we are expanding like crazy day after day, and it's exciting. I think, uh, you know, again, we, we have a really, really high retention rate. We love our clients, and so it's exciting that we just keep, get to keep adding new ones and get to keep pushing the envelope for our existing clients. And uh, we have a lot of exciting things coming up this year. So cool. We'll stay tuned. We'll keep an eye out for that stuff. Obviously, you're right in the thick of it in the midst of a a growing business, as you mentioned. But if we were to take a step back and think about the white space in digital media broadly today, if you were starting a business from scratch, what would you do? Oh, I mean, I still think experiential marketing is a really, you know, exciting. It's an exciting time to be in experiential marketing. And I think I would probably stick with pretty much exactly what I've done. I think it took us a while to... uh, to find what elements we wanted to own in-house, what own, what elements we wanted to partner. I guess I would skip a couple of those steps. But uh, yeah, I think you know for us, it's really important to have our hand in the creative process and in the actual fabrication and design and all that kind of stuff because we have a very, very high you know 
attention to detail very high level and so i'm very very i'm a huge stickler for the details and so i like to control our uh, our processes and, and kind of everything from very small signage things all the way up to huge fabrication and i think that's something that our clients really like because we do have that attention to detail and i, I would probably uh do exactly what i'm doing now but uh get to it a little faster justin where can people find out more about you and more about mirrored media uh, mirrored Media, just at mirroredmedia.com, M-I-R-R-O-R-E-D, media.com. Me, uh, you can get me on Instagram and on Twitter and everything at jlefkove, J-L-E-F-K-O-V. Uh, yeah, and Mirrored Media also on Instagram, just Mirrored Media, Twitter, Mirrored Media. We try to have some funny behind-the-scenes stuff of us and the madness of creating events. You know, it's uh, if, if anyone's ever worked in the event world, um, everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong every time. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, really fun stuff. I always will remember we, we took over the USS Midway around Comic-Con, uh, for Crave Online and TNT Turner's The Last Ship. And which to a, put into perspective for people is this like massive World War II aircraft carrier, It is right? a active real yeah. military aircraft carrier. Yeah. It's huge. And we threw, we put one of the largest stages that's ever been on it. We threw a massive music fest during Comic-Con with like MGMT, Grimes, Cold War Kids, Bad Sons, Cathedrals, you know. 3,000 to 5,000 people, massive. And everything, of course, goes wrong. And two minutes before doors open, I hear over the radio that the stage is on fire. And I was like, oh, that sounds normal. And of course, there was a small little fire on stage. It was done in a second. But it's just like, it's just hilarious. Like, everything goes wrong. So tune in our Instagram. You can watch a bunch of really funny, hilarious uh, behind the scenes of uh, some of our events uh, before they happen and during them. But yeah, I think uh, it's it, it's going to be an exciting year. So definitely... Uh, definitely tune in. Right on. Well, Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's so cool to hear about uh, your background, how the field of experiential marketing has grown, evolved, and changed so much over time. So really appreciate you sharing your perspective. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time.